Hello, Slobcore. This time it's a Slobcore trip to Norway. That's my quick song. End of song. Hello, everybody. I am joined today by my Bestafar tour. Hello, Bestafar. How's it going? It's going good. Nice. Not too bad. It's, uh, what is it, January 2nd? Yes, it is. Happy to be another year, another year further along <laughs> in time. Um, so we're doing this podcast today, and you wanted to talk about your childhood, right? Yes. Um, and so you were born in Norway and grew up there and actually lived through the Nazi occupation, right? Yes, I was. Wow. Um, yeah, so I'm really fascinated about that. I think we've talked about it a little bit before, but um, I think it'd be fun just to, you can explain how that was. I'm sure that was pretty, yeah, I'll, I'll, pretty wild. I'll start a little before that. Sure. Actually. Yep. Uh, I was born, my name is uh, Tor Nilsson in Norwegian is Tore Nilsson. Tore, yep. And I was born in Kragre, a town in southern Norway. Uh-huh. Sometimes referred to as the uh, Pearl of the South. Wow. And part of the reason for that is that in the summertime, that town get at least tripled, at least double, almost tripled because oh, yeah. of all the tourists. Now, that was not the case in 1937. Sure. Because if you remember, in 1937, we lived due to pre- during the Depression. Right. And Norway was just as bad off as the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandfather ha- had already lost a, a foundry. He had lost a ship's building, small ship's building uh, concern, mm-hmm. and even his house. Wow. But I'm not going to talk about that. That was before my birth. Gotcha. Anyway. Uh, I lived in uh, a place called Tangen, but at the time when I was born, uh, it was very difficult, as I said, because depression. My father uh, finally decided he was going to get a truck. Mm -hmm. So he bought a truck, of course, on time. He had no money to pay for the truck. (laughs) And during the summertime, it was okay because he could... I had a lot of job. He can. I remember one time he said he had a piano that he had taken a third floor upstairs. He said it was the wow. worst job he ever had. Huh. Uh, of course, that's pretty heavy. Sure. So he's a bit of a handyman. Right. Anyway, in the wintertime, of course, it got more difficult. So mm-hmm. he decided he was going to plow snow, plow the roads. And he got a contract uh-huh. with a county north, a little further north. And that year, they had the worst snowstorm they had for I don't know how many years. Oh, wow. He had to plow day and night. And finally, after a couple of weeks, he's starting to have nosebleed and he had a cold and stuff. So uh-huh. he got another fellow to do the plowing for him. Yeah. And he went home for a week or two to recover. And when he got back, this guy had ran the thing. Right in the uh, in the side of the road, and it stuck uh-huh. the, the truck was stuck, and so forth, and ruined part of the truck. So anyway, what ended up was that my father couldn't commit his commit. He finished his commitment. Oh dang! And he had to take and give the truck back to where he bought it from. Uh huh. So that was a kind of a tough. Sure. I used to have as a three year old chronic diarrhea uh-huh. and the doctor was quite concerned about it so they were sending me to Porskren which is quite a distance 
uh, northeast, not that far actually, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, at that time, but the, the kind of place. Well, actually, my mother took a boat. Oh wow! And she brought her, took her daughter and myself. The boat took us into Porskun. Uh huh. I stayed there for a few days. I don't know. Yeah. The trip in wasn't bad, but the trip back on the boat was terrible. Mm. The storm was so bad they couldn't even turn around. Wow! They would have turned around if they could, but they thought if they would have, they would have been overboard. Right. Wow. So my mother said she and my my older sister, who was two years older, were throwing up all the way. I was sleeping through the whole thing. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay. Right before that, uh huh, the German came came in. Wow! And they came in a little sneaky because. One of the big ships come with a with an uh, English flag on it. Oh wow! When they got close enough to the coast, they took the flag down and put the swastika. Wow! Up. So what year was this? In 1940. Wow. Yeah. Dang. It was it was actually right right before my 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 birthday in 1940. Huh. And uh, of course they bombed and shot and do all kinds of stuff it actually took a eight days before they finally occupied most of norway mm -hmm. they were partly in the mountains they never did uh but the southern part of course was easier to take yeah and my one town kistansan which is quite a bit further west of where we live a larger town uh my aunt i had an aunt i had an aunt and, uh, and an uncle and another uncle and an aunt. So I had two sets of yeah. aunts there. Uh -huh. They were they were shooting at that and, and bombing that town so much. So they came from that town, but came back to wow. my uh, my maternal grandmother uh -huh. in Vafos, outside of Kagura, mm -hmm. and stayed there for, I think, a week or two. And then they, had, when they went back again. I'm going to skip a little now. Okay. I'm going to go on when I was about five and a half years old. That stomach situation hadn't helped much. Mm -hmm. My diarrhea was still there. So now, doctors decided they're going to send me to the best, largest hospital in Norway, in Oslo, Norway. Uh-huh. Uh, and my parents came with me, and we took train in there, and I got into the hospital. Which was kind of a trauma for me in some ways, but mm. uh, first of all, I didn't know what exactly what was going to happen. Sure, they took some X-rays and so forth, and then they waited for some more. They're going to do, and meanwhile, my parents could come to see me, but I was told that if I cried, they couldn't come. What? So wow. when they come, I I follow them into the out to the gates. They went out of the hospital property and uh, i just held my tears Aww. down i forced myself not to cry because right. i wanted my parents to come back right well the worst part of it was of course that i was going to have to be pumped mm. now when you pump your stomach i think nobody really in looking forward to that yeah the worst part of it my in my case was that i had a roommate so to speak uh-huh it was about two or three years old, I think, and he said that that uh, uh, that's the worst thing that happened. So you might as well die on taking that. that oh gosh! Pump, so pump. you were dreading it. 
oh man, I was scared stiff. And what happened at that time was I went down there, of course, and I got the done yeah. and I hugged the doctor. Yeah. And my mother said, I can't, I have, the mother said, my mother, the doctor said to my mother, I have never in my life been hugged for pumping anyone. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I was so relieved. You were just glad to be, have yeah. it over with. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, that didn't do me much good anyway. Yeah. They said it was sensitive intestines. Huh. Whatever that means. Right. You know, they didn't make any technical terms back in those days. Uh-huh. And I still had the problem that my mother was able to fix it with some certain things. She knew how to handle it. Mm. During that time, there were, I guess they were expecting bombing and so forth. Yeah. The, the Germans were. So they had the alarms go off and there's terrible alarms. And many, many years later on yeah. in Iraq, when we were going to go on Bumble or Iraq, yes. they had the alarm, almost the same alarm. And just, just the feeling came right back. Wow. I can't imagine. Scary. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, then I came back to uh, to Chicago again, and I then observed all the Germans. When they came uh, traveling, they closed all the roads down, and only the Germans could travel. Wow. They had a lot of horses. Yeah. They had all kinds of food, uh, you know, where they prepare food. I don't know what you call that. Utilities for, for food preparation. Oh, and so forth. yeah, yeah. And uh, they they had exercises. We had a ditch right outside our house, and you could see those German helmets coming up. Wow! And uh, they were shooting with wooden bullets. Huh. The reason for that is it wasn't supposed to hurt anyone. Right. However, there were knots in some of them, oh. and there were some Germans lost their eyes. Wow! As you know. They, oh, they were doing like practice against each oh, other. Oh, they were practicing against each other. Oh, okay, but they weren't going to kill each other, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because that would that would uh, explode and, and, and yeah, uh, you know, but it would sound a little better, I guess, with the wood. Blah, blah, I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, that's what they had. Interesting. And I know because we found a number of those later on. Oh wow! Wow! <laughs> Dang! Yeah. Uh, one scary thing was one of the German officer had a horse. Uh huh. And he, I went door and he put his horse on two, right like that. And that horse had had a surgery because it had a scar all the way across. Oh, wow. Scared me. Yeah. And my mother said after that incident, I always watched from the window. Right. I didn't go back out again. <laughs> I can't imagine. So it wow. was it was quite an experience. Yeah. But the good thing, of course, was to add liberation. Oh, I bet. Oh, that was so great. I can't We imagine. finally could have our flags again. Uh. And get our radios back. Because right? they took our radios. So I never heard a radio until I was about eight, eight years old. Wow. And that was kind of exciting. I bet. To get a radio. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we didn't, I don't think, we didn't even have a record player. So I, I was deprived of all that right. kind of cultural enhancement, you sure. might say. Sure. During that time. Anyway, it was, it was quite a, quite a time and uh, it was scary in many ways especially uh, my father told me at one point 
he had a boat, he had a job out in the in the fjord, mm-hmm. and he had to go by boat. And he had they had to go in. Everyone in Norway, if you were eighteen or less, you had to have a passport. Right. And he had to go in and they had to check his passport to see that he wasn't <laughs> a spy a or spy. something. Wow. And they were unloading some ammunition. So the Germans were shooting at them as they came into the place where they were supposed to check their passport. Shooting like, shooting like, uh, he said uh, the bullets weaned, uh, they lay down in the bottom of the boat. And the bullets weaned right over their heads. Wow. And uh, finally, one of the officers said, stop. Mm -hmm. And he got in and got the stamp. And got out of there. He said, I was so happy to get out of that place. Right. I bet. Yeah. Because there imagine. were people, you know, do a lot of sabotage during the war. Oh, yeah. Against so, the Germans. So they were very, very concerned when any ammunition ship would come in. They were very, very careful. Right. Well, uh, you may ask any question. Yeah. I, I think that's so fascinating. So it was, you were four till when you were eight or nine. How long was the occupation? The war was there from, I was three so it was a little, about eight. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I had never heard about them taking the radios away. Did a Nazi just come door to door and? Uh, that that well, we had to deliver them. Oh wow! And of course, I checked on it too, because you know in Norway they have to have a, a radio license or whatever. It okay. Was, so yeah. Uh, anyway, they uh, so we had to deliver them. But a number of people had extra ones, and they kept them in the Haymow uh, or some other place so, so they could listen to BBC. Sure. To get some some real news outside of the propaganda the German wanted us to know. Right. So, yeah, no, uh, that's what happened. They had to take it out. Wow. And that was before I can remember, because I never sure. remember seeing a radio until after the war. Wow. That is, yeah. I should take that back. Uh-huh. I had a friend. Oh, yeah. His father was a Nazi. Huh. He had a radio. And at one time, I was in there, and they were they were playing German music. Wow. Interesting. So I did see that one. Interesting. But otherwise, I never saw a radio. Now, was his father, uh, like, was he a Norwegian who was just collaborating, or well, was he a German? He had come from Germany. His name okay. was Schultz. Huh. Pretty good German name. Right. Uh, and, um, he had come, oh, a number of years before. And I, and I think he had, maybe, I don't know if he became a citizen or not. I presume okay. he might have. But he was a German. Yeah. He, he had, yeah, he had, he was, he was born in Germany. And gotcha. of course he came from Germany. Right. And I think his kids were born in Norway. Mm-hmm. I don't know that some might've been there. So I don't know, but he had been there for quite some time because the kids had gone to school and right. so forth. Right, right. And uh, so that was, that was, uh, you know, and he became an interpreter for oh, the Germans. Oh, I bet. Right. Yeah. But he also became a Nazi. Interesting. Yeah. Now that's, I think for me, just hearing that, and probably a lot of people listening to this, having a friend whose dad is a Nazi, that's something that's hard to comprehend. But um, I guess just in the time, uh, there were people there who were from Germany and helping with the occupation. And a number of Norwegians here. Right. That's... People want to get benefits, and they got benefits by being Nazis. Right. Uh, wow. And uh, Nazi to me still is, uh-huh. but the worst thing I can think of. Oh, yeah. Sure. And when I see Nazi, and I see Nazi in this country, 
Yeah. And the Nazi swastika on the flag. It just gives me. Oh, yeah. Triple. You know, I mean, it's just my, my skin kind of. I can imagine. Oh, it's terrible. Right. I, I'm, I'm much more concerned about Nazis than I'm a communist. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which I, is interesting. I you bet. Know. Sure. They aren't any better, but. Uh, huh. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's happened. Wow. Yeah. I think. Um, I, I think I may have told you this, but a lot of Americans, I don't think really understand how recent a lot of conflicts like that are and just how intense the world can change. Um, oh. cause when I was in Latvia, um, with my friend Martin, who is here for exchange student, uh, sophomore year of high school. And then when I was 18, I went to his, to Latvia for a three day weekend. And it was on the day they have a, I think those are the Baltic States. Yes. Um, they had the Baltic independence day. Yeah. And, um, I, we were at like the celebration, but there was this protest group of pro Russian Latvians who were like, um, they were protesting just against independence day because they were people who wanted those States to be part of Russia again. Yeah. And it was really, um, intense. They had this like, loudspeakers and they had this barbed wire fence enclosure and they like disrupted the celebration and it was just so weird to see history like that and actually be conflict um martin's grandfather was taken to siberia um back in the days of stalin and he was one of the 10 percent of latvians who ever returned Boy. of the ones who were taken it was lucky and so that just really hit me just growing up in america how blessed we are to not have had conflict actually in american land for so long and uh yeah just realizing i mean yeah you growing up in nazi nazi yeah. occupied norway uh, i tell you i'm a little leery right now about the united states yes i am too yeah because we have this extreme right-wing uh issues of people yeah. Uh, and the thing about it is that they are the one with the loudest voices. Yep. And more violence. Mm -hmm. And all that they speak about freedom of speech. Right. They only like their speech to be heard. Mm -hmm. And not. So it's an interesting thing. I bet. Well, yeah. I, I think about a lot the, um, the anti immigration stances and the hard line that and how much. Um, remember back when Trump said something about shithole countries and he was kind of elevating the good immigrants. And so people from places like Norway, <laughs> like you, and, uh, and then saying people from these other countries, they're just ruining the country. And I, I wonder what you think about all that, because just as an immigrant here and hearing that think kind of rhetoric, what Trump says, or think about what, um, being maybe being an immigrant from one of the countries that was seen as good. Yeah. Even though, well, you know, I understand that, you know, because you're white, right? Exactly. It's all, it's all That's what it of, comes down yeah, to. It's all come down to, uh, to segregation and that, you know, that whole, whole business. Yeah. Terrible business. Anyway, back in those days, uh, the reason I immigrated because I want to come over here because of Grayson college yes. and so forth. So there were, if it hadn't been for that, I wouldn't have immigrated either. Sure. And today, <laughs> they're better off in Norway than they are here. I know. <laughs> I know. I remember when we went there, I was like, dang, the universal health care, people seem pretty 
Oh, generally yeah. good. And women have a whole year of paid leave if they, if they deliver a baby. Right. Can right. you believe that? Oh. <laughs> it, it'd be hard to even explain that to a lot of people yeah. here in America. Um, and they are well off too. I mean, it's not like they are poor. Right. Right. <laughs> well, because that's. Because when Germany invaded, it went pretty quickly just because Norway was a more poor country, right? And, um, or what went the invasion and the occupation? It was, you said it happened in a few days, right? Yeah, but that took all Europe in a few days too. Right. Because they were so powerful. Yeah. They just, yeah. Um, they were, uh, they had unbelievable amount of power. Right. Especially air power. Yeah. Uh, of course, also uh, on the sea. Sea power. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, they're, they're very, very difficult. And we in Norway, <laughs> we were so ill-prepared. Sure. Our, our, the kind of military weaponry we had was just pitiful. Right. It's different now. Yep. <laughs> Part of NATO. <laughs> oh, right. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was terrible. Yeah. And the king finally, and the government finally had to flee. Oh wow! I went over to England, they stayed in exile. England the whole during the whole war. Wow! And the uh, uh, the uh, wife of the of the uh, crown prince mm -hmm. came to United States, and I don't know if you've seen. There's a movie on this. Oh really? Where uh, she had she had quite a bit of relationship. With the current president at the time. Ah, interesting. <laughs> yeah. She was trying to persuade him to <laughs> get into the war and took a long time before the United States eventually got right. into the war. Right. I think it was at least a year almost. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank goodness. Yeah. Because the United States military saved the war. Right. They turned the tide. I mean, there were a lot of old people who were involved in it too and did a lot of work. Uh huh. But uh, that one made a difference. Yeah. Um, so was your day-to-day -day life, how much did that change? Were there like, would you see Nazis frequently or is it more kind of in the background? The, the biggest problem we had, of course, was there was, everything was ration. ration, mm. ration. And we had some, uh, uh, I guess, some paper you had to cut out a certain thing, you know, for, for butter and oh, coffee wow. and sugar and so forth. And you uh -huh. could only have so much per month. And milk was ra rationed for a while. Uh, it was only for children. Yeah. And I know that I, because of my stomach situation. Oh, sure. I got a prescription for, uh, for a certain kind of bread. Uh-huh. That other could get too, but they make sure I get it. And it was interesting back in those days because the bread was delivered to us, uh -huh. and the delivery was done by a horse. Oh wow! So back in those days, horses were used an awful lot. You don't see much with anymore, right? Sure, <laughs> but it it was quite a bit, and the Germans used quite a bit too. They uh -huh. they uh, all their military equipment and so forth mostly would drag the. Uh, what do you say they were they used horses for mm -hmm. those purposes interesting yeah so um, yeah it was a, it was a different time but but from day to day it really wasn't that awfully much difference we sure. had our friends we played we did all the kinds of things so 
it became a routine. Yeah, right. Like, you know, I mean, you adjust to almost anything, and we just it, adjusted to it. Yeah, it it becomes normalized because yeah. you got to keep living. It's a normal living. thing. Yep. And we didn't see anything different. The only thing that was different was whenever they showed up. Right. Uh, toward the end of the war, uh, they were putting a plaque on our school mm -hmm. and uh, saying, and basically, if they needed, they would confiscate the school. Oh, wow. So they can use that for their, uh, high, uh, you know, use for their, for their housing or their uh, uh, military. Right. Uh, they never came to that, however. Uh -huh. But, uh, yeah, they were planning. It was kind of those reminders that you were occupied and they oh, got to yes. choose what oh, to yes. do. Yes, right. We were. And, uh, of course, all the coastline, they had barbed wire. Oh, wow. And uh, people can't see that now, but I have a scar here. Oh, wow. Well, I went through the German barbed wire. No way. We were playing. Uh -huh. made, we made a hole in it and played through it. Oh, wow. And uh, I got caught one time. Dang. <laughs> That's cool. I don't know if I knew that you had a Nazi barbed wire scar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is something else. Oh, yeah. Wow. The worst part of that was that my my grandmother put a raw iodine right into Ooh. it. That was worse than the <laughs> <than> initial. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Dang. Do you... I don't know if you might were old enough to necessarily have a feel for this, but maybe the adults around, but what did you think that the Germans were just going to stay there forever? Was it kind of hard to know where the war was going or what was I think it was hard feeling? to know because the propaganda you got at either in paper, of course you couldn't get in radio because you can listen to radio. Right. Um, you know, you never know. You you are hoping that things are going to change, mm -hmm. and then of course people who are listening to BBC and so forth, and the underground where they're right, they brought they uh, made some kind of I I wouldn't call it a newspaper, but some some kind of paper in a way they uh, exhibited or or uh, gave out to uh, so uh, you know you couldn't get caught with it because that would. Oh be, yeah, be in big trouble. It's but seditious. anyway, the information came out fairly much. I'm, so I'm sure that my father got some of that information. Right. Um, so there was some hope in that uh -huh. that they, you know, they had found out that uh, by that time, you know, uh, military had, they had conquered most of Italy, I think, and so forth. So some of that, as they came further north because they came from the south going north right toward germany up into germany uh they got some of that so i'm sure there was some hopes there gotcha interesting yeah, yeah. and of course we had also i have a my my uh i have a cousin mm -hmm. who married uh well, it was after the war actually she married but the man she married was a policeman in norway oh wow and he refused to uh go along with the nazi Okay, we are back on. Okay. Ran out of batteries there, but uh, just continue where he left off. Okay. So uh, anyway, that man, as I told you, was a policeman in Norway. Yes. And he refused to. So he was sent to the Norwegian concentration camp. Oh, wow. Gr called Grini. Uh-huh. He stayed for a while and he went down. They took him down to the German concentration camp. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it was so bad down there that I don't 
remember it was him or somebody else that actually had uh they were left on top of a bunch of dead people. Wow. A pile of dead people. Wow. And the guy was still alive. No way. And they realized it was alive and they picked him up. No, I don't sure if that was that man or, somebody or someone else, else. But that's the story I, I, I heard. That is horrific. Anyway, he came back to Norway and he buried my cousin. Yeah. I'm back to police. I got it right back in the police. Sure. But the poor man, his kidneys were about shot. Oof. So he was on dialysis for a while uh-huh. and then he died. Dang. Uh, he would never, ever talk about that experience. I tried wow. sometimes to get a discussion with him and see if, what it was like. Sure. No, no, no. He would never even, never talk about it. Far it was, too traumatic. It was something that he was pushed totally back in his mind. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That is a lot. Now, the Norwegian concentration camp, um, did they, do you know, like, who they rounded up and kept in there? Were there Jews in Norway that got uh, persecuted? The, the Jews, uh, we didn't have that many Jews, but sure. 300, I think. Some of them went across into Sweden. Okay. And uh, But uh, most of them, I think, at least over 300. There may have been more Jews now, but at least 300 or something uh, was sent to concentration camp. Right, in right. The, uh, Jews were so hated mm-hmm. that they didn't keep in Norway, they sent him. So the Norwegian concentration camp was for Norwegians. Right. And basically... Uh, like political prisoners. And- political prisoners. Because if they can't do something better, they'll shot them. Yeah. Wow. A lot of people got shot. I bet. There's all kinds of stories, books and so forth, of heroes that... I have one of them, by the way, that... Uh, I don't know, it's in English, too. Oh, cool. That went through... You you couldn't imagine how a person could go through all this thing. Yeah, by cutting your if your toes off, you know, frost. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Wow, it's a, it's a miracle that he's alive, right? And he survived. Wow, so that was good. Dang, and eventually got back into to uh, German uh, to England. Uh huh. England, you know, was the paradise sort of. You know, if you can get to England, you're sure. Okay. But a lot of the people that went to England. Uh, came back as doing underground kind of work. Okay. Sabotage and so gotcha. forth. I had two uncles that were out during the Second World War. Uh-huh. One uh, came to, uh, you know, they were seamen. Yeah. And so they couldn't go back. Oh, because they were so they were just yeah. out on ships. Wow. Yeah. So one was in uh, England the uh-huh. whole war. Yeah. And he worked with the uh, Red Cross or uh, some something like that. Yeah. The other one was a chief uh, machi- machinist, head of the uh, machine. You know. mm-hmm. He was torpedoed twice. Whoa. The last time he escaped when the, when the, when the boat was quite a bit, a ship, I should say, right. was quite a bit underwater. And wow. he ended up in England in the hospital. No way. And my aunt, his uh, wife, yeah, hadn't heard from him for a long time. For a while, we thought he was gone. Sure. We thought he was just gone. Sure. But eventually, he came back. Wow. And um, he didn't talk too much about it either, but I think he, yeah. My my other uncle who stayed in 
England all the time. Of course, he talked about the thing. You know, sure. Because the worst thing he experienced, of course, was the bombing that was on there. Right. Right. Bad enough. Though. Right. <laughs> yeah. You you defining English as kind of the paradise is interesting because I I just think of the bombing, but yeah, there was yeah they retained their independence in a way. They're but under it was attack. freedom. Freedom. Right. You know, freedom is an interesting thing. Yes. Unless you lost it, you really know you really don't know what freedom is. Oh, totally. I can imagine. But when you lost it, oh, when we came back and we could have our flags flying again. Yeah. Oh, it was like, you know, him and that, that heaven had opened up, you know. Right. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. Yeah. So value your freedom. Oh, yes. I certainly do. Yeah. I, I would like to know more about maybe that day or just when the occupation lifted. What do you remember from that or how did it well, go down? I remember uh walking there's a it was a new road that they had made that went by a little railroad railroad stop uh -huh. and we came up into the main road and i was on top we were kind of on, on a hill looking down and we were throwing uh flowers and stuff wow to the soldiers as they as they came. Wow. Where where were the soldiers from uh, that liberated Norway? I think there it may have been some American, but I think most of them were uh, Norwegian. Oh, wow. They, they were actually, a lot of them were underground. I mean, they all, they already had military. They, they had weapons, they had everything. Yeah. And they just came out. Wow. And the interesting thing about it is that the Germans so, were so well disciplined that they did leave, let, you know, let the military guns and so forth down. Yeah. And we never had any problems that I know of. Okay. Uh, they Maybe they were just so happy to go back. Yeah, back they knew to, it was over. Yeah, it was over. Yeah. And they were happy to come back home and wondering about it. Yeah. And what a home they had to come back to, too. Oh, my goodness. Those places were bombed out like Dickens. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, there was... It, it, I remember that. That's what, you know, uh, and I remember uh, some of them had just an armband. Oh. Put a Norwegian flag on it. Huh. Uh, because they, hadn't got the, they haven't got the uniforms yet. Right. So uh, that was very interesting. Wow. Uh, there were uh, very few Norwegians that were actually killed after the war. Uh, Quisling, mm -hmm. who is now international name for traitor. Okay. Uh, he was shot. Mm. In Norway, the only time you get capital punishment is tra traitor during wartime. Okay. Wow. And he was a traitor. And there are usually about four or five people. Uh huh. Uh, most of them have empty. And they did no bullets in them. Oh, a firing this, squad. Yeah, firing squad. And they just, so they don't know who yeah, killed them. The, the guilt is yeah, spread so, so evenly. The guilt spread in that sense. Interesting. Uh, and that happened. And uh, and he actually deserved it, served as far as I was. Oh, wow. Because I don't believe in capital punishment, but in that case, when, <laughs> it's a little different. When it's a Nazi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that is just so fascinating and yeah. It yeah, it's something I can't even begin to fathom understanding those no, feelings. You really and, have to be there, you know. That's that's why I have such empathy 
for these poor people like in Ukraine now. Oh my gosh. I know why they're going through it. Just I mean, I, actually worse than probably what I went through. Yeah. I, I'm sure it is worse than what I went through. Right. And it, it, you never know when when the other what I say the foot foot shoe's gonna drop. Oh, whatever, that's you know? it. That's yeah. it. Uh, you know, it's just uh, you know, you, you're always on the edge all the time. Right. So the stress you're feeling is terrible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, when I was a kid, you know, I got used to it. So I, I don't think that was that much stress for me actually. Yeah. Except the biggest thing I, we didn't have enough food. Yeah. And there were times, you know, we never, I, we, we never thought of butter. We thought of margarine was right. a big thing. Right. And there were times where my mother had to make some kind of a sauce Instead of because we didn't have any margarine left. Wow. And put a little sauce on the bread. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, those were the years I never, never, never want to see them again. Yes, <laughs> I can imagine. Wow. Um, oh, shoot. What I was, I was going to ask you about something. Hmm. I'm coming out of blank. What was I thinking? Oh. Oh, um, so I think I told you about, but I did one episode where I read through a lot of Best of Mama's writings. Yeah. And this makes me think of back to when um, you both did the Young Peacemakers Club. And yeah. um, we just, I think always growing up, we were always such focused on peace and nonviolence and just the importance of that. Yeah. And um, I just think that's always been one of my core values and Especially yeah. coming from someone who was occupied by the Nazis. Right. I can see why that was so important. Yeah. It's very, very important. I think violence is the worst thing that can ever happen yeah. anywhere. Uh, and when it comes to political violence, it's even worse. Yeah. Uh, and the only thing that makes sense to me at all is people getting along together, helping each other out because we're all in the same place. Yeah. And we have similar needs and wants, and it behooves all of us, as far as I'm concerned, to get together. And the strongest power in the world is love. Yep, that is very true. Yeah, and yeah, just in thinking about all those different, everyone is involved in it from different ways, like, um it's just a full country of people involved in this conflict that they might not have anything to do with, but it just reverberates and yeah. touches everyone. Yeah. Wow. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about that time or any, well, any words of wisdom for those maybe <laughs> listening to this? No, I guess I guess the most important thing is to keep in mind that uh, try to stay together, try to find some common goals. Yeah. There obviously are going to be differences. Sure. Yeah. And and that's fine. Yep. Uh, but we got to find something. We have something in common. When I first came to this country, uh-huh. I felt that we were so much more unified. Yeah. I really did. Right. Uh, I never thought of anything but united states being united states right i don't feel that way now yeah unfortunately either. we're not united as we were back in those days yep 
And that's sad. I, I, I wish we were. It is. Yeah. It's so I guess that's, that's one thing I would like to see that we can try to come back together again as a nation. Yeah. And even though we might not have the same way of looking at things, at least we have a certain common goal, you know, in, yeah. in common. It's important to be in community. Yeah, to be a community, yes. right? A larger community in this case, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, it, it seems like powerful people, what they really like to do, they like you push down, they like you be fearful. Fear is a very powerful weapon. It is. Used by people who want power. Yep. And I think that's a hallmark of of those groups. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, but I still have hope too. Yep. I still that things are going to change and get better. Definitely. And uh, we're going through a period right now that not the best, but yep. the future is still ahead. And uh, although I'm not going to have too much of it, <laughs> I hope that my children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren yep. <laughs> and beyond that too. Uh -huh. But right now, that's the far I can go great grandchildren. Right, I yep. got two of them. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Blessed are they. Yes, they yeah. are. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Bestafar, for sharing your stories. And this is such a meaningful conversation to have. And I'm glad we got it recorded and so people can maybe take something from this and learn. Well, I'm happy to do it. Thank you really so much. Am. Awesome. Well, I think we'll end the podcast there. I love you so much. I love you too. All right. Podcore out. <laughs>